0: Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and I'm back in the UK for this, our 91st podcast. Um, I'm joined by Tom. Hello. Uh, by Daniel. Hello. And by Stu. Hello. Uh, but also, we welcome a new member of the team. Keza Hi Hello Keza Now people who listen to this podcast probably recognise your voice because you've been on it before
1: Yes, I sound like a 13 year old boy according you, you to
0: lots
1: <laughs> of you Thanks for that guys
0: um, But now, uh, rather than just freelancing for IGN, you are part of the team
1: I am, I am the new UK games editor Woo! Hurrah Yay! for you Hurrah for me What does that mean? It means that I play and look at video games and then decide whether they're ri- worth writing about and it's it's a good, it's a good life, and whether they're good or not. Yeah. I've been doing this for a while, but never in a full-time capacity for IGN, so it's new.
0: So you've got to sit next to us a lot, week yep. in, week out.
2: You oh, all wow. smell. Yeah. Can we uh, still get away with cock jokes, or are they banned now? Um, well, I think that's up to Keza. Jokes. I don't mind cock jokes, for God's sake. Right, <laughs> I, think right. I think it's time to
3: rise above the cock jokes. I think we're all funny right. jokes. We're above that's that fine. Funny cock, yeah. jokes. Funny, funny, cock funny cock jokes, like extremely funny cock jokes only. Absolutely. Yeah. In podcast years, we're hitting our sort of late teens now. I think so. Yeah. So we're moving away from the, moving away from that. Yeah. That's, that's more fine. more
0: serious. got to go to second base.
3: Uh, so I'm um, moving on from that. I put them. Um, Uh, a call out for questions for Keza on Facebook Um, I don't know if our readers have caught up with our mental age yet but um, I'll I'll hit you with (laughs) the first one I want quick fire answers from you so uh, keep them short Uh, have you guys got any information on the upcoming Dark Millennium Warhammer 40,000 MMO no Uh, what's being British like good because Although I'm
1: Scottish actually I lit. should point out to everybody I'm Scottish well, it's, still That's British. British. it's still British But it's primarily Scottish Stop British
3: trying to build A
0: wall between
3: us <laughs> Andy Whistle wants to know What's the secret to your success? Hard work um, Mohammed Abdul wants to know Why doesn't any of the British IGM viewers ever get to win The Daily Fix competitions? that's really not my
0: area (laughs) legal restrictions
3: legal restrictions legal restrictions Um, Sean McCarthy wants to know does the games media have a responsibility to report on games that fail to be released completed and end up having multiple issues from their launch only to be fixed weeks or months later yes Sean Uh, Gary Miller wants to know do you have any news on NCSoft title Blade and Soul not yet Uh, Matthew Evans wants to know what's the favourite flavour of ice cream is better, pistachio or mint? Pistachio. Scott Kelly wants to know which bread is better, white or brown? Brown. White. Um, And Corey Denning wants to know um, what is IGN's secret for success?
2: Cock jokes. Cock jokes.
0: (laughs) IGN? Uh,
3: IGN's secret for success. IGN's secret for success.
0: Hopefully delivering good content and the kind of stuff that people want to read
3: about. And Corey Zamprogno wants to know if a quiz is quizzical, What is a test? Hey. She's trying to get me to say naughty words on the internet. Okay, so that's all you need to know about Keza. Yeah. Um,
0: before we talk about this week's news, uh, reader feedback, etc., uh, I've been hanging out with a new friend this week, and uh, it's not Keza. It a new Glitter. friend. It's Gary Glitter, yeah, exactly. We've been hanging out and you know, just sort of sitting Did he get excited
2: because he heard there was a 13 year old boy on the podcast? No. Oh. Just checking. Anyway,
0: no, in reality, it's uh, Ocarina of Time, which comes out tomorrow. A new friend.
2: Surely that's
1: an
0: old friend. I said old friend. You said new friend. Oh, well I meant friend. old friend. Anyway, it's a new new take on an old friend. He's <laughs> at a, a facelift. Exactly. My God, it's an awesome game. And after, what is it, 13 years or so, it hasn't aged one bit. You've played it, new not you, Daniel? So Yeah, you, I think it's incredible.
4: I, didn't, I wasn't that keen on playing it again because I played it when it came out with Wind Waker, bundled in, mm. and I played it last night for 10 minutes. I ended up playing it for three hours. It is amazing. Yeah.
1: My last review for a non-IGN outlet was on Zelda Ocarina of Time.
0: I don't think there is such a thing as a non-IGN outlet.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I've forgotten the parallel universe into which I have stepped. (laughs) Um, The first time I played Ocarina of Time, I was in hospital with appendicitis, and my mother had to sneak the N64 in so that I could have something to do all day. So, to be honest, I'm playing it under much more auspicious circumstances this time around. It would have been far
0: easier if it was on a handheld back then as well. Indeed, you see?
1: this right. is just fulfilling the promise that it originally had no it, it is though it's it, the great thing about remakes I many people go on about money for old rope but yeah. they're idiots because the thing about a remake is that it actually realizes a game in a way that you yeah. know couldn't be done yeah 13 years ago so we've actually got a better version of Ocarina of Time one that feels modern you know i'm, I'm really it actually makes me really excited about the shadow of the Colossus collection yeah. and all the other remakes we're getting because if we've got games that you know have their core and their 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 setting and their you know their ideas are are that solid and if you bring it up to a modern standard in terms of how it looks and how it feels then we've we've got a really golden
0: age I think on our hands well that's it people are remaking movies left right and Mm centre I don't think it's a bad thing to remake games obviously if it's the right game and Ocarina of Time is definitely that and Tom and Stu, I don't think you've sort of played it, have you? Haven't had a chance yet. yet. I'm really
2: <laughs> looking forward to it, though. I've only ever played one one Zelda game and uh, I, I loved it, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing what is apparently the best of the best. It's
4: yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think it, in your review that doesn't exist except in a parallel universe, I think you used the term remastered. Yeah, that's the thing. Which I think is more appropriate than remake.
1: Because there's not, it's not changed. That's no. we should make that clear. It's not changed. It's just been um, the... They've basically updated... All the animation, all the all the assets. So yeah. how it looks has changed completely, and they've made it a little bit smoother, tightened it up a little bit. So it's like more Apocalypse a remaster. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, think of it as like a Blu-ray release of and a collection of Hitchcock yeah. films. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's not it's not like a remake. It's not like it. it's not like going back to King Kong and remaking a, a longer Poorer no, version, making of making it rubbish. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's good. It's it's. I think remastering is a is a great mm. thing to be doing.
2: And it's a good idea, isn't it? If if the technology is there to to really improve what was a good game in the first place, why the hell not do mm. it?
0: And uh, yeah, anyone uh, who listens to this podcast—if you've never played Ocarina of Time, then this is the perfect opportunity to do so. It will change your life, I promise you. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, this week's news, uh, Daniel. You've got some uh, Cliff Blazinski. This is
4: gra- groundbreaking news. This Gears of War. Gears of never War. You know Gears of War. Never heard of it, but yeah, Xbox yeah. exclusive title. Yeah, coming to the PS3. Oh, really? is that
1: that thing with the uh, you know, we know you wave your arms about and do stuff?
4: No. Yeah.
1: What? No, <laughs> <Connect>? <laughs> Never mind, doesn't matter. But Let's anyway, connect, right? so
0: Gears of War 3 is not coming to PS3. Surprise, surprise. Or surprise, any surprise. Gears of War.
4: I think this was in response to um, Epic President Mike Capp saying at GDC that he'd love to bring Gears of War to every single platform ever.
1: Mike Capp just loves to cause a stir. He yeah. just loves to do it. So yeah. does Cliffy, to be fair.
4: Yeah, so... Loves the headlines. Yeah, I think this is, you know, this is
0: something for fanboys to argue about. But it is I a think. ridiculous statement because it is like saying, I don't know... Um, Breaking. Unchar- Uncharted is never coming to Xbox Three Sixty.
2: Zelda will yes, never appear not. on Vita. Yeah. Betamax will never come to VHS.
0: <laughs> Always grounded in reality, there, Stu. Hello. And grounded
1: in the present, the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. beating one, heart of it's it's technological
2: pulse. One of our core audience, there, I thought.
0: Um, but that's basically it that's for it, the news story. Yeah, that's it. Why, that why did you really? report it then, Daniel? Because. <laughs> because I'm
4: big Gears of War fan. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And, but you've and only uh, got
0: a PS3. What's her? You've only got a PS3. No,
4: I've got both.
1: He couldn't I'm possibly joking. be okay. a Big Gears of <laughs> War fan with only a PS3.
4: Are you upset it's not come to PS3? No, because I prefer the Xbox controller for so shooters. So
1: does Clippy B. This is Clippy B. Has basically brought this up about six times a year for about yeah. three years. How much he
2: hates the jewel Shock. Yeah, he, 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 he He has a
4: little dig at it as well, saying if they tweet the controller, then he would be. Maybe more amenable.
2: What are, Is do they just need decision? to make it a little bit bigger? I think it's, it's the triggers, right?
4: I think it's stick resistance. See, because <laughs> I have tiny right. lady hands, yeah. I,
1: I think... much prefer the DualShock to the Xbox controller. I much prefer it. I always have. But and li- Japanese hands prefer it as well. I like
4: asymmetric analogs, though. I don't oh. like them being side-by-side. Side. I like having one analog higher than the other, like on the old Wavebird. Yeah. yeah. Which I think... Did GameCube pioneer that? Having the asymmetrical analogs? Uh, I think it might have you. Know. But I just think it works a lot better than having them yeah. both down there. I find that because the original Xbox
1: controller, the big bear one, had you know non had symmetrical analogs, didn't it? Yeah, that was horrible. There, oh,
3: the original awful! Xbox controller. But that's just a personal preference. I'm not saying one's right, or one's yeah. right. Uh, but I think ultimately it's the it's the size and the triggers, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think whatever you're used to. But I've coming to hate my PS3 controller. Yeah. Do the triggers
4: camped. on the, the PS3 controller, like curve outwards slightly. No. no,
1: you can get little things for them that you make them do that
3: little c- okay. attachment. They, they just don't... F- they just, they just your finger don't slips off them. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's not an actual kind of trigger a trigger. There's not a trigger, on there. not a a trigger feeling. A well, there, is on, the,
1: there is on the R2 and L2 buttons, but they don't feel as satisfying like you're pulling a trigger. They're no. more like... Also, if you're
3: playing L.A. Noire and you're having to use it to accelerate, my my finger's constantly <laughs> slipping off it and having to like readjust. To be fair, you were falling asleep it. playing L.A. Noire because of your extreme jet lag. It's probably just you dropping the controller. Uncharted uses R1 to shoot, isn't it?
4: Yeah... I doesn't played Dead Nation as well last night. Yeah, That's doesn't use to. the trigger button. That, yeah. if we're yeah. calling it that. I don't know
0: what we're talking about anymore.
4: Yeah. Anyway,
0: thanks, Flippy B. Uh, in other news, mm-hmm. um, uh, 2K Games. Um, well, there's a bit of a shitstorm around uh, a tweet that came out this week. Uh, their PR firm, the Redner Group. Um, got That's only in the US. It's in the US.
3: Yeah. Ah,
1: yes. oh, but there's there's more um, stuff emerging in the UK there actually is. this morning. Hang uh, on a, a minute. Let universe.
0: me finish this goddamn news story. Sorry. So. Uh, after the kind of negative uh, reviews that Duke Newcomb got after 13 years in development, um, someone from their PR firm tweeted, bad scores are fine. Venom-filled reviews, that's completely different. Uh, too many went too far with uh, with their reviews, and we are reviewing whose games, uh, no, who gets games next time and who doesn't based on today's Venom. So uh, that was from an independent guy from this PR firm, but very quickly that was retracted. Gushing apology letter was sent out to various kind of media outlets, including to us. And I'm not going to talk about it here because it's not appropriate. But it was fairly embarrassing. But then the PR firm was fired later. After, oh, were they? Yeah. yeah. By, by 2K.
2: Fair enough. And, understandable.
0: And and 2K came out and said, uh, "2K Games does not endorse or condone the comments made by the Redner Group and confirm they no longer represent our products because it's just, you know if you're not going to produce a particularly good game." then expect it to get bad scores. Mm. And it's, I don't know, the scores kind of varied from like, well, three, twos and threes to well, sixes and sevens. So it's quite a broad range, but at the same time.
2: Yeah, but after 14 years in development, how how good awesome could it have been? would yeah. that game would have had to have been to get yeah. remotely good scores? People yeah. would have
1: settled for an 8 out of 10. To be honest, I think Duke Nukem Forever is possibly the most offensive game I've ever played, and not yeah. in a good way. It's just, it's just there's no redeeming features at all. Mm.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, well as you said, Keza, um, you know, various outlets in the UK are being blacklisted on yeah. the, the on the ba- off the back of various bits and pieces really to be be
1: honest though as a person who's worked in the games media for quite a while as have you Alex this is not that unusual it's a great kind of unspoken secret of the games media that publishers will blacklist you but the thing is it doesn't really matter much because you can you can work around it very easily and they can't control the information thanks to the internet they can no longer control information so basically it's the equivalent of a publisher having a little tantrum Mm -hmm. stamping his feet a bit letting you know they're a bit pissed off with you but it doesn't really affect anything doesn't affect coverage
0: well you know it's we get it all the time people like phoning us up saying complaining about coverage that we've done all this that and the other but the fact of the matter is it's like, we'll deal with it make a better game next yeah, time but you
1: live in the real modern world in which you can't actually control your PR anymore no. so make good games that's there's the message there's
2: no hiding place
0: <laughs> so anyway that's a harsh lesson uh, by the Redner group anyway Tom yes happier news
3: well, it's mixed news, I guess. Uh, it's that Doctor Who is, uh, has been recommissioned for another series uh, for 2012, which is obviously great news. No surprise there. But it's going to be split over 2012 and 2013, uh, and the speculation is this is possibly to con- coincide with Doctor Who's anniversary celebrations, which take place in 2013, um, which will be the 50th anniversary of the show. Wow. wow. So um, they've commissioned 14 new episodes, but some will go out in 2012 and some will go out in t- 2013. Right. So it's kind of like we have we've had a split season this year but it's been split over two seasons. Yeah. Now it's this season's been split over two years. God that's a which lot. Which seems kind of strange.
4: Then not long after that we wrote that story, I actually updated it. Moffat wrote on Twitter saying yeah. that there might be some misunderstanding and a lot of people have been misquoting um mm. Danny Cohen who's so the controller of BBC One. Right.
3: Y. So I think his quote here is uh, Doctor Who misquotes and misunderstandings, but I'm not being bounced into announcing the cool stuff before we're ready. Hush and patience. So it t- sounds like it could be for a good reason. Yeah. Whether uh, they have got some bigger project plan, maybe some kind of TV
4: movie or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
3: It would seem strange that if they're on the 30th anniversary, 50th anniversary of the show that they only put out half a season. Yeah. Mm. Unless yeah. they're doing I'm something. I'm sure they're going to do something bigger. Something yeah. really Presumably, big. Presumably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: did but the, is the, does it say whether Matt Smith will be coming back for that series? Or uh, I think Matt Smith yeah, has been, signed on for the next
2: season. There's a, an interesting uh, thing here, though. If the BBC is splitting that season over two years, it's quite clever because uh, they'll get two lots of box sets out for Christmas rushes, won't they? They'll get one out for Christmas 2012 with the yep. first half in a box set, and then the following Christmas, 2013, they'll get another box set out with the remaining episodes. So they get double dips.
0: But again, it's, well, I tell they're what, not actually giving much information away. It doesn't say, what well, they'll be split by a year. It could actually, you know, it could come out in Christmas and then it could come out in Easter. Yeah. So the gap between them could be similar to what we're seeing now, but just at different times of What year. would
3: be great is is, is if they produced six TV movies in the year of the of the anniversary. That, that would be amazing. amazing. They right that there. towards the end of David Tennant's reign, didn't they? The did yeah. longer episodes. Yeah. Yeah which maybe that's what they're doing, but it's just speculation at the moment. Would you yes. like
2: to see some of the older Doctors back as well? Well, as well as bound movies? to
3: happen, isn't bound it? Bound to happen, yeah. yeah.
2: Who do we, I mean, obviously, who's still alive, who, who would, who well, I tell would you what, do it?
3: The ones that still look like they could do it are obviously Eccleston. Pete. Paul, Paul McGann would be good to have him Tom back Baker again. Baker can do it. Yeah, he doesn't look like Doctor Who anymore, though, does he? He looks like a really old man. Peter Davidson still looks the part. Yeah. Sylvester McCoy doesn't look the part anymore, either does Colin Baker. No. <laughs> So and obviously David Tennant, but obviously David Tennant, Chris Eccleston, Paul McGann—they could all still do it. That Interesting would be if
2: they have. They, what have they done with the Paul McGann era though? That—that that that's era? only a TV era. It's still yeah, canon yeah, yeah. though. But it is, is it? They yeah. don't. They don't kind of. They don't. No. Kind of. Write it's still out of canon. History. There's
3: still uh, like uh, wider universe stuff around it, okay. like fan fiction and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Good. There you go. So that's Doctor Who. Daniel.
4: Another piece of news from you. Yeah. Um, the Wolverine, the the long sort of, um, the, the project that's been in the works for a while, which Darren Aronofsky walked off, has found a new director, James Mangold. Who's he? He directed um,
3: 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line, and oh, yeah. Night and Day. It's yeah. It's a bit of a mixed bag of things. So I, I met him last year and interviewed him for Night and Day. Yeah. Uh, and he is he, used to doing sort of more gritty stuff but he made I think uh, Night and Day as as more of a as a favour to Tom Cruise I think so Right. Uh, I think he knows his action yeah and he's I worked
4: think, he's worked with um, Hugh Jackman before on Kate and Leopold right Have you seen Kate and Leopold no. time travelling romantic comedy wow I
3: quite like it <laughs> is it good yeah oh there you
4: go and it also has um, Louv Schreiber in right oh, so Wolverine great. and Sabretooth Sabretooth yeah battling out for the same girl across time <laughs> Sounds um, amazing. It, it is. It is. It's essentially <laughs> it's got a bad title. title as like Kate and
3: Leopold. Yeah. What a terrible title! Carol and
4: Maude, Benny and June.
3: Yeah, but so, Kate and Leopold.
0: Yeah. So what he's actually signed up, and he's Dom whereabouts and is it in terms of um, the production schedule?
4: Um, I think it's still on course for next year, but you know whether they want to go and do the Frank Miller Japanese story arc and whether they can film in Japan at the moment, I don't know. Right. So I think a lot will depend on that. Um, but yeah, there's one more piece of um, comic book related movie news. Have you heard this? That Russell Crowe might be cast in the new yeah. Superman movie as Jor El, as his dad. Yeah, yeah. he's in talks. So he's got talks. Kevin
3: Costner as his dad on Earth, and yeah, Russell as Paul Crowe. I can. Uh, Diane, who's his? Diane mom? Keaton. Not Diane. Diane Lane. Diane Lane. I
4: think. Um, yeah, I can imagine Kevin Costner giving out sort of leathery, homespun wisdom propped yeah. against the fence. <laughs> it's I mean, maybe that's up just for the a... dreams. I can just imagine yeah, yeah. him.
3: It's shaping it up to have a great cast. Yeah, it's think... just got Zack Snyder directing. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: That's the, the one problem, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Well, I guess Russell Crowe has the girth of um,
4: Marlon Brando, Brando now. Maybe you can just, you know, in that scene in Superman, that Marlon Brando's actually reading his lines from it within the crib. Is he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. It's yeah. a great
4: scene, he delivers it well And it makes me well up slightly when he's saying goodbye to Kalel And sending him on his epic journey no, But he's, he's reading actually reading the lines So he has all these pregnant pauses But he's actually just reading the lines
2: Brilliant <laughs> Have you seen this Blu-ray box set that's come out? Yeah it Has nice. it got this, the, the, the
3: other version of Superman
2: 2 on it? It's got both versions of Superman 2 And it's got the Brandon Ruth Superman as well hmm. So it's got all of them all of They're them.
4: almost trying to distance that film and lump it in with those movies oh, Which they? it is a kind mm. of sequel to yeah.
2: yeah I suppose so I think mm. it kind of works well if you watch it
4: after Isn't Superman it an in-between,
3: in-between call? in between in between between, Isn't it set between Do we need 2 and 3? What, sorry? Isn't Norman it set Who? between Superman 2 and 3? No? I, no. no. I I don't know Okay There we go It's an in between call though I'm sure it is You've oh, just yeah. made that up
2: Last bit of news, Stuart Yeah, you know um, Battlefield 3 is coming out soon Yes Ooh, yay. Battlefield
3: but, what? Sorry?
0: 3
1: No, I'm kidding It's fine <laughs> I'm
2: so
0: excited by that game <laughs>
2: That's shocking. Uh, well, there's been a bit of controversy this week because there's uh, a couple of different uh, pre-order packs coming out for it. Uh, the Physical Warfare pack and Back to Karkin packs. Yep. Karkin, heaven's sake. Uh, and what happens if you pre-order it, you get extra weapons and stuff. Right. And of course, there's been loads of problems online because people are saying, hang on a minute, if we go online and play this game and you've got extra weapons, you're going to kick the shit out of us and it's all a bit unbalanced and all a little bit unfair. Turns out it's not a problem anyway. EA says the items that you can choose in the pre-order packs will not be overpowered, or imbalance or break the game in any way. And that owning these weapons will give you a more varied arsenal, but it will not give you a significant advantage on the battlefield. So this everybody, it's fairly commonplace. This though, isn't is it?
1: now, I think, part of the DLC strategy for most people. You yeah, offer your yeah, yeah. pre-order customers something that everyone else doesn't have, as long yeah. as it's not horse armor, and no one gets upset. Like Red Dead
0: did it. Red Dead did it, yeah. Um, and like, depending which different outlet horses. you bought it from, you had yeah, you had different stuff and uh, kind of like crack shot and all these different abilities. So but do
2: you think it's fair? Of course, it's fair. Well, I, I think- do you though, because if you let's say you were a, a mad keen Red Dead fan and you wanted everything you could get on day of release, do you think it's fair that you have to go around and buy? different copies from different retailers no. to get well, everything Well, you you want. Don't, well
0: I, I, I the stuff that you get is never game changing.
2: No usually it's normally costumes and things like that. Um,
0: no. and I, I just think ultimately or most of the time it becomes available to purchase. Yeah, through, usually uh, you can purchase it off PSN or marketplace later. Point, so the yeah. thing
1: is if you really do want everything, you can buy it all mm. later you know, you just have to wait a little while until it becomes available yeah. in the marketplace. And
2: I guess at least it's just DLC, it's not like in the in the, in the the music world where you buy a CD and six months later they reissue it with three extra tracks and Bonus they tracks. force you to go out and buy well, it all yeah. again. Yeah, or yeah. well, what everyone
1: yeah. always remembers on the DLC front still from five years ago is Oblivion's Horse Armour because yeah. that was actually really useful and should have been in the game and then they charged you 200 Microsoft points for yeah. it everyone got very angry. Yeah. And everyone learned from that and I think what people are doing now is they're just building an incentive which is perfectly fair. Yeah. You know, if you care enough about Battlefield 3 to go and pre-order it and why shouldn't you have some extra stuff as long as it doesn't unbalance the game
2: yeah well let's try it open uh, let's uh, find out what our listeners think about pre-order stuff getting extra goodies if you pre-order it uh, let us know IGN UK feedback at IGN.com
3: or you can uh, hit us up on Twitter twitter.com slash uk, or you can come to Facebook and leave us a message at facebook.com forward slash team uk,
2: or you can send us a letter
3: you can mm. Stop being if silly. you really want yeah.
1: as long as you don't write it in blood then we have to report that to police
3: maybe really? Yes, but okay. you can cut out letters from
0: a newspaper. You can do that, yeah. yeah that's all right, that's then. fine. Yeah. Throw in the other ear, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it for this week's news. Uh, last week, obviously, uh, Wii U was announced at E3, and uh, we've done a bunch of bits and pieces on the site. And well, Kesey, I think you're rather smitten with it, aren't you?
1: I am. Before we do anything about the Wii U, I yeah. just want to say that I think it's a superb little piece of technology. I'm very excited to see what happens, but. They did kind of botch the announcement well, a little bit. They completely balls it. The thing is, though, part of the responsibility for that lies with second-hand reporting, not getting it right and spreading confusion, yeah. but that wouldn't have happened if Nintendo had handled it a little bit better. Yeah. We had a big discussion piece about this on the site this week um, that basically looked at all the news we've had and just basically asked, why is there this lack of clarity? Yeah. But to be honest, ambiguity's always been a bit of a feature of announcing a new console anyway. You've got to hold something back to announce in the next few months, or indeed years. This thing isn't coming out for another year now.
0: Yeah, well, there was a report on the site saying, I can't remember who who said it, but apparently Ubisoft. Uh, early 2012, was Yes, it? that's right. They yeah. said spring or summer 2012. Yeah.
1: But there've been a few uh, kind of specific bits of information that there's been speculation over how powerful it is because yeah. um it's John Carmack said that it would break it was up to parity. Yeah. Which could mean more powerful could mean as powerful. Hang on, yeah. I've heard
2: it's 50% more powerful See, than See that was that, that
1: was somebody else. That was uh um, oh, who said uh, that?
4: Um, uh, an analyst called Arvin. Batcher. That's right.
1: That's right. It was an analyst that said Ar- it was fifty percent Ar- more powerful than
2: PS Three. I suppose he's He's
4: been speaking to developers, so it's kind yeah. of secondhand.
1: Also, we had another piece of secondhand information from an analyst, Michael Pactor, who I spoke to on Tuesday. Claims that Reggie told him it could support two controllers,
0: which goes against which goes against what Miyamoto said. Yeah.
1: Miyamoto said it would only support one, but that's not concrete either. One thing we do definitely know: won't support DVD or Blu-ray. Does anyone care about this? Yeah. Honestly. I yeah. think so,
3: yeah. If you're gonna have a box sat under your TV, you might it might as well play something.
1: Nintendo have always done they've not they've not um, engaged in this battle for the living room that's only Microsoft are all about though. They're no, not like so. we but want this to be an entertainment device. They're like this is a gaming box. You use it for video games. That's it. As part of the reason that they've actually done successful because they, they've stayed in their yeah. own little market. It's niche. just
2: weird because they're using a high definition format, uh, like you know a Blu-ray style disc. From what I understand. Well, they why must not, be. Why not, yeah, yeah, exactly. But why not just make it Blu-ray compatible then? Is it a licensing thing? Is it going to cost? It, it's money? cost thing. Yeah, it's cost. I mean, they, they just.
1: Uh, I mean, Sony lose so loses so much money on every PlayStation Three sold, and the Blu-ray player, especially in the first two or three years of its lifespan, was ludicrously expensive. But they're not now.
2: You can pick them up for sixty, seventy quid. A well, I think
1: maybe we can infer that the Wii U is already going to cost somewhere in the region of two hundred and fifty, three hundred pounds, yeah. and if they add an extra sixty onto that, it suddenly becomes unviable. Yeah. Mm. So that would be my explanation for it. But to be honest, I've got something that plays Blu-rays. I've got a PS3. I know that not everybody has a PS3. But But like uh, Stuart said, you can pick one up for for 60 60 quid. Exactly. So the thing is, it gives you the option. You can, as a consumer, go, I want a games machine, yeah, Yeah. buy yourself a Wii U. And then you can go, oh, actually, I want a Blu-ray machine, and buy yourself a Blu-ray player. Other than having
2: to buy one that does both when you don't want one of those functions. On day of release, cares. I want you to go into uh, a store and say, I want uh, a games machine, yeah. Like that,
1: like you just yeah. did. Yeah. Last time I did that was when I bought a GameCube, I think. Yeah. Genuine genuine excitement.
2: Are you excited about Wii U then, genuinely?
1: Yeah, honestly, I am. I, I thought, am as well. Yeah. When you, when you, you look at it, it and you think, e-, and you pick it up, and it's kind of like the Wii. You look at it yeah. and you go, that's not going to work. You pick it up and you're like,
2: it's fun. Yeah, it is good. Because um, we, Daniel, we, you and I, I think, were probably a little underwhelmed just by seeing the visuals. Yeah,
4: I think, but the difference is you've got hands on with it. It's a bit yeah. like an iPad. And you said that yeah. once you've. Play with it. It's, yeah, it, it tries
1: you know to you know as soon as you pick yeah. it up. you know when you uh, you know, first pick up an iPod Touch or whatever iPhone, iPad, and you do the thing with your finger and you go, "Ooh, look at that!" Yeah, it's yeah. it's like there's got that factor, you know. So you're, so you're messing around with the Wii U you controller. You, you're just, going
4: for a Steve Jobs. It's magical.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> a magical device.
1: Well. <laughs> That's the angle they're going for, basically, aren't they? just see the, the reveal trail. The thing about Nintendo is they're very experiential as well. They're not like, this is what it is, this is what it does. The URR specs, we're so much better than everybody else. They're like, here are some people having fun and playing with yeah. the console. Here's what mm. it does. Here's how it makes you feel. And although that is very vague and woolly, it's kind of impactful. And it's what's sold so many Wii's. Yeah. Show Helen Millen pl- playing a bit of the Wii, Wii Sports, not Wii Sports, Wii Fit. And, you know, it's an experiential angle. So worrying jaguars. that they're,
2: they're bringing out a 250. Pound console in the middle of a worldwide recession. You know, I'm just uh, I'm just wondering how well it's gonna how it's gonna do. 360 and PS3 were already kind of embedded yeah. before the world went to hell in a handcart, and I think bringing out a very expensive new games console now Weird. it's quite it's, a risk well, it's so way less expensive
0: ex- there's going to be an Xbox 360 sequel probably announced next year so. and there's it's a handheld console expensive.
3: coming out which costs the same price mm-hmm. 250 yeah. quid or whatever Plus, so let's, let's, not that
1: bad. let's remember what everything else launched at which is usually in excess of 300 yeah. or well, in the yeah, case of the PS3 599 US dollars
4: yeah so how, do you mo- how much do you think a standalone controller will be
1: see that's the question
4: if it can support two.
1: I think it'll probably be 40 quid Wow. Really? Yeah, because there's no processing
4: tech in there. It's Actually,
1: yeah, there's no yeah, there's no tech at all. It's basically yeah. just I mean it's really light just when you pick receiver. it up. It's really surprising. You pick it up and you're like, yeah. oh and it's really kind of you know, it feels like a light it's lighter than an iPad, way lighter. It's like no glass yeah. and none no, of this it's touchscreen metal. Though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's plastic yeah. touchscreen like a DS. It's basically the weight of a DS. So if you pick up right. your DS, not a three DS, but you know, a normal DS yeah. light, mm. pick that up, it's about that weight.
4: Is there a stylus embedded in the controller? Yeah. In the yeah. back. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep, tucked away. But you use your fingers, it's finger friendly.
4: Good triggers. Good triggers. How do two analog sliders right. work instead of sticks? Can you imagine playing a shooter with the sliders? Or? Um,
1: To be honest, I really don't think I would play a shooter with the sliders by choice. But the thing is, if the Wii U controller offered me enough tactical, like, cool things, like, for instance, in Ghost Recon Online, they're doing a whole tactical map on the touchscreen where you yeah. can put beacons for your people. and right. That's all very cool. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know, I'd be up for that. But I'd, I'm not really interested in playing shooters on the Wii U. I want things
2: I've not seen before, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they also didn't the, the tech demos that they had didn't really sort of demonstrate anything to that kind of degree, right. so it's it's hard to say.
2: It's interesting you say you want to see things you've never seen before, but one of in, uh, one of Nintendo's strategies uh, when they showed it off was saying, "Look, we've got some big names behind us now. We've got Arkham City coming out on this. You know, we've got the same games coming out on hmm. the uh, th- that you get on the other two consoles." That is
1: very very calculated. Because Nintendo have basically engineered, this is what the word on the street is, Nintendo have engineered this thing to be super easy to port to from PS3 and 360s. So they're trying to get people in, publishers, by saying, look, mm. you don't have to spend very much money yep. on making this compatible, so why not just release it on Wii U as well? Yeah, and then they're unlike hoping, the Wii. Unlike the which Wii, which, which was really hard different. to port to. Yeah. I mean, anyone who played a Wii port, I had to review a depressing number of Wii ports of games that were designed for controls that just didn't work. Yeah. So the idea here is that if you port a game that's designed for a controller, it's fine. But, I mean, I'm interested in the new designs. I mean, the, the, the kind of things that can be done with that touchscreen controller are yeah. very exciting.
0: And I think you have to have, like, strong third-party support for it to be a success. I think that was part of the problem with the Wii, is that the first-party games were amazing. I mean, you
1: say the Wii, Wii wasn't a success. The Wii was, you know, by far the best-selling console. But,
0: but in terms of, like, software units sold per console... Yeah, it didn't have traction.
1: Tiny. Exactly, it didn't have traction.
0: Um, whereas if, you know, if... Batman Arkham City if they do a version of that where that implements the Wii U that does bring something different to the mix I detective would
4: quite mode happily yeah. play that and, imagine and, yeah.
1: detective mode being on this screen yeah hold it up to yeah that's a very good idea but will that
4: require a lot of work on part of the developer to do that that would yeah that yeah. would
1: but just porting it and playing it with a map on the screen wouldn't
0: so it all depends how they use it so but I, I think always, it's exciting, it? and uh, yeah, I cannot wait to sort of play it a bit more. Hopefully, we'll get some more hands-on time some point soon. Uh, speaking of which, games that are coming out soon um, uh, next week, in fact, um, Fear Three is coming out. Anyone excited by Fear Three? No.
1: I would be if I weren't such a massive girl about horror games. I know, tried to play. Game. I tried to play Fear, and I couldn't because I it was too Fear frightening.
2: It was great. Really enjoyed it. Was it. Too frightening. But Fear Two was just more of the same, and Fear Three, I'm guessing, would just be more of the same. Same. Well, I
0: see, I I felt that Fear 2 lost a lot of the kind of suspense and oh, yeah, totally. uh, thrills yeah. that the first one had. And I must admit, I haven't played Fear 3 that much. But, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see. But a game that you do know about, Kezra, I think it's Shadows, oh,
1: Shadows of the Damned. Oh, Shadows of the Damned. Suda51 is one of my favourite game developers because he is completely batshit insane. In the best japanese style mm. way. The thing is, I've always wondered, because all of his games, right? No More Heroes, Killer7, a lot of his stuff like Flower, Sun and Rain that's really obscure. Yeah. Uh, Michigan Report from Hell, which is a hilariously weird and bad uh, PlayStation 2 horror game. It's the one where you have the camera and you get scored. You take pictures of stuff as oh, things right. go on. You yeah, get yeah, scored yeah. on how erotic and how uh, horrific yeah. Your pictures are so you're trying to get upskirts of the presenter whilst also seeing, like, you know, right. it's, it's it's I mean, honestly, it's bonkers. Um, but it's, anyway, all his games, Daniel, are you're
2: making a note of that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah <I>
1: was, <laughs> I've,
4: I'm just ordering it now. Download now. <laughs> you can borrow
1: it from me, I've got a signed copy and everything. Um, his, um his games have always been a bit broken. Yeah. So now EA have come along and basically given him an infinite amount of money to make a game, along with, you know, someone, Shinji Mikami, who's a guy who is good at making good action games. Yeah. So what you've got, right, and this is bizarre, you've got a very, very slick action game. Yeah. Shinji Mikami, you know, Devil May Cry style, Resident Evil 5, very reminiscent yeah. um, style action game that works and it's very smooth. And you've got Suda51's totally insane, you know, story and characters and dialogue over that. If you like cock jokes... Shadows of the Damned is definitely for you. There are so many jokes. The uh, the um, second kind of buddy character in it is called Johnson. He's a flaming skull. His name is Johnson. So there are about 600 Johnson jokes. Wow. Um, basically, <laughs> Amazing. The, what's, his, what's the guy's name? The main character. Ga- Garcia Hotspur. Garcia Hotspur <laughs> um, has his girlfriend stolen by an alien, not an alien, a demon with a bigger penis than him. Um, so then he goes into hell to take her back.
2: Right, and I um, guess she's not that bothered about coming back.
1: She doesn't seem to be bothered, to be honest. I mean, the the only glimpse you get of I think she's called Paula or Pauline, but you you kind of see her. She she turns up from time to time in levels, and there was a moment where where uh, he found her severed head, which then reattached to a body, which then ripped apart from the inside, and a huge demon guy came out and started you know chowing down on her legs. Right. It was pretty wrong, and then oh. of course the comment was, well, that killed my boner. Brilliant! Uh, Brilliant. Honestly, it's I can't decide whether Shadows of the Damned dialogue is completely terrible or extremely awesome. It's it's on that line, right. you know. Anyway, one to Threads one to watch, line. definitely worth. What uh, sort of a game at. is it? Sorry, it's like Resident Evil Five, so it's like a horror action game. Third person, third person horror action shooter.
3: Right. Okay. Check, Check it that out. That sounds
0: quite good. Yeah. yeah total madness. Fancy that. Yeah. And then also uh, it's Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon, which is kind of you sort of... saw, it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel and I played the multiplayer, yeah. which was okay. Very similar
4: um, to a War for Cybertron multiplayer.
0: Yeah. So, if you like Transformers, I think it will float your boat.
2: That's um, <laughs> brilliant. I'm just, wow, brilliant. I'm just, I'm just comparing and contrasting the two reports we got then from Shadow of the Dam and then Transformers Dark Side of the Moon. We had like 10 minutes from still on the virtues of this amazing game and then Transformers comes and you kind of go...
0: No, but that's because it's doing exactly the same yeah. thing that every other Transformers game has done I so
1: yeah. you know the thing about Shadows kind of, of the Dam is it get excited Shadows of the Dam may well not be totally brilliant but it is interesting you know yeah.
3: Um, what about movies uh, a couple of movies out next week have you seen Bridesmaids Daniel I haven't
4: seen Bridesmaids but it's written by Kristen Wiig yeah, and produced
3: by Judd Apatow. Yeah, so. and
4: directed it's by a l- guy who's worked on 30 Rock and The Office and Arrested Development.
2: Yeah, so tons of press. Absolutely tons good of reviews press. as
3: well. It's, it's getting good reviews. Chris has seen it. He said it's good, I think. Yeah. That was his general consensus. Yeah. I think there's a review from he South by it. Southwest on yeah. the site. You
0: saw it a while ago. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, um, Akira's coming out. Yeah, um, which I saw a uh, on the big screen for the first time last year or two years ago at the Barbican. And if if anyone's familiar with Akira, uh it's a, obviously a big manga film probably the most famous one you should definitely go see it at the cinema cause it's a amazing
2: re-release
0: re-release,
4: it's a re-release. Release, yes. yeah it's, it's to celebrate the 20th yeah. anniversary of manga entertainment and Pretty it's got one of the most incredibly
3: this. amazing soundtracks you will ever hear um, in a in a movie i always to wanted to it to, it i've the, always wanted to see it in the cinema to see it on the big screen it is mind blowing um and the visuals and everything. So if you've never seen a manga film, if you've never watched anime, I would yeah. definitely recommend you go see that as a good sort of starting point.
2: And then watch Urosuka Urosuka Gigi Legend of the Overfiend afterwards. Ever seen that one? Oh. That's brilliant.
3: Yeah. So that's it for films, uh, I guess. Well, Green Lantern? You well, went, yeah, Green so, Lantern. so Green Lantern came out comes out this week. Yeah. Today you to, if you might you yeah, to to see it. See it um week. we couldn't talk about it last week's so it was an embargo. I went and saw it last night and uh it's a movie that exists that exists and I can't really summon up any more enthusiasm for it than that no it's pretty um, there's nothing that memorable about it Mm. actually I can't remember really what happens in it Peter Sarsgaard's good in it he plays like a slimy he plays um, the guy whose head goes massive and he's really creepy (laughs) and really slimy but Ryan Reynolds is in it (sighs) that's about it Blake Lively's in it It's completely forgettable just completely forgettable I was literally nodding off in the last Five yeah, yeah, minutes, well, that's but not good. and that's like in the climax as well.
2: I bet it's loud, isn't it? When he does the test pilot bit, I bet that's really loud.
3: No, in fact, the test pilot stuff is is really good. It's like yeah. Top Gunny, but um, other than that, it's two hours that flew away, and I can't remember what happened. You'll in never it. get back. That's no,
2: great. I was reading an interview with Ryan Reynolds today, when he said, you know, I went in there and just acted in front of uh in front of four green walls, and he said, and they saw seventy five percent of the movie to do once I'd left. And do you kind of get that feeling when you see it that it, there's once again, a disconnect between him and yeah. what's actually going on around him, yeah. because so much of it is green-screened.
3: I think the problem in it is that they rely a lot on the Green Lantern lore, which no one really knows, so if you go into it not really knowing about it, they give you so much information about what's happening in the background that you don't actually need. To make a good Green Lantern movie, you need to start off with his backstory and him finding the ring. Yeah. You don't start off with the Green Lantern core living thousands and millions of miles away on a planet that doesn't exist, yeah. b- Dealing with things that don't exist and all this sort of shit—it needs to be his story at the core of it, which yeah. it, it which it isn't, mm. um, which is a bit of a shame, really. So he kind of lose the, the human interest in the story right from the start. I
4: wonder if that will affect Warner Brothers' decisions to um, greenlight other DC franchises.
3: I, yeah, I just think Greenland's a hard sell, and yeah. I don't think they've gone about it the I right don't way. Think
4: Hawkman's any easier? No, <laughs>
1: Hawkman. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. Martian yeah. Manhunter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to see them do that one. Um, anyway, that's yeah, that's Green, Green Lantern. I mean, if you're a fan of Green Lantern, then go check it out. I'm sure there's Which something in there. Which people do anyway, yeah. but
0: it's just a bit of an average or very We, get, we
3: had a lot of negative comments on, on the review, though, saying, oh, IGN being negative again. It's like, well, have you seen the movie? Yeah. It's very average. Yeah. And it's not even as good as Thor, and even I thought Thor was average. So but Not even a
0: patch on, obviously, X-Men. No. So. There you
3: go. Okay, uh, listener feedback. Let's head over and see what our listeners have got King to say. Kings Furno gets his oar in. He says, what ho chaps, I think you're missing a trick. You have a great feedback section in the podcast, but if you think about it, I reckon you'll agree that it's not feedback, it's follow-up. So I'd be honoured if this was the first note you read out in the new F.U. section. <laughs> so yeah, see so what he's from done now there? on, it's F.U. Time listener's for the big F.U. FU. Yeah, so All there right, you then. go. Who's got the first bit of big F.U.? Yes, Keza.
1: Adam Sweeney says, Hey guys. Hello, Adam. Personally, I like the Wii U's ability to play games on the controller, as my TV with my consoles is just outside my bedroom door and I can't see it from my bed. So if I'm sick or just feeling extra lazy, I can pop my game onto the controller and go lie down. Is
0: TVs
3: just outside yeah,
1: the uh, See, no, this. I had that as well, actually, was in my, my old way. flat. I lived in a two be- two-roomed flat, and right. you know, it, was, it was you know, uh, a living room in a bedroom. And when you opened my bedroom door, you could see the TV almost, right? like you know, four or five feet away. And I did play most of Mass Effect 2 from my bed because I just went and turned the television and did that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think that's an excellent idea. I still play the majority of 3DS games just lying on the floor, to be honest.
3: Kind of, you have not got any sofas.
1: I have got a sofa. Sometimes <laughs> I lie on that. That's
3: good. Right? <laughs> so it's definitely an insight into your uh, yeah. habits here. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a it's a bare room with with no sofa yeah. and sixteen games consoles.
3: That's where I live. Like prison bars or something.
1: Mm, yeah, it's a rough <laughs> bit of London, you know. <laughs> I you can't that, have anything, or it'll get stolen.
3: I did see some reporting on the Wii U controller about whether or not you'd be able to do it from the loo. Did anyone? It's read a, that? basically
1: it's a it's a matter of distance. If your loo is less than. You know, a few feet away from your games console, you're fine. But probably, I think they haven't been specific. No, right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: think it's got a, a specific piece of tech in there. You, can't, uh, you, toilet, you can't, can't. take it away. It you can't something.
1: take it away with you because it, no. be, it has to be streaming from the Wii U. Because there's no actual stuff in the yeah. in the controller. There's no processing so it's going, stuff. Is it
4: going directly from the Wii or via your router? It's going from the Wii U. Okay,
1: like no, directly beaming. Okay, yeah. beam to your controller. What kind of beam
2: is it? R S. No one no, knows. No, no one, one knows. knows.
4: Uh, next bit of feedback. who has got the next F U. Um, hi guys, this is from Andreas and put Nuremberg, Germany on your imaginary map. Been listening right from the start and love you guys. Oh, it's we nice love you too. Yeah, we're going to get a map sorted soon. Yeah, we're, we're coming to way, Germany apparently. soon
3: as well. It's what coming to Germany.
4: We'll to soon, aren't we? Tom, we will be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he's got a point about um, the Wii U, actually. After the Wii mote, the balance board, the pedometer, the Wii Motion Plus, I will scrutinise Nintendo's support of the Wii U controller for a single year before I even think about buying another piece of plastic from them. So I think that's yeah, a classic let's, let's example be, of
1: a, yeah, of that's, a that's misunderstanding. Yeah. Let's be completely clear here. The Wii U is not an extra piece of plastic for the Wii. Yeah. It is an entirely new console. So it's not like you have to buy another controller for your Wii. I mean, it's new console's got HD. It's much more capable than the Wii. So it does play
0: Wii games.
4: And it, it plays will Wii games and it probably will. Su- it
1: will probably it supports Wii peripherals because they're trying not to piss ev- precisely because they're yeah. trying not to yeah. piss everybody off who's already bought loads of so plastic. So the
4: Wii U might actually help to reduce the amount of
3: dust that's collected on all these peripherals. I'm hoping peripherals. so. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Did he get a pedometer? Did I get a pedometer? pedometer Pedometer. oh is that how you say it i thought it was uh something a a pedometer a
1: pedometer well i've got a pokemon pedometer right still uh, and i've got my my 3ds play coins which i you have your 3ds in your pocket you walk around you get play coins it helps you to defeat ghosts so that's good i went to japan recently and uh tripled my street pass plaza population
0: i've got one online i've got 384 wow wow. yeah but you don't have miyamoto
1: Oh no! Yeah, I was in a room with Miyamoto at E3 for about an hour and a half, and the person next to me got his me on street pass, and I didn't. Oh. I was devastated. And then I queued up to have my picture taken with him, and he did five people, and then left, and I was the sixth. Oh, oh no! Miyamoto
0: completely cussing you.
1: Do you know <laughs> I've missed out? i missed out the opportunity to interview Miyamoto four times in my career now. Four times. Really? And the next time, is, I just I don't even. Well, that's care why
0: he's been waiting. he's yeah. <laughs> waiting and for the like, opportunity well, you know to what? turn me down personally. You know, fourth time. I'm not going to have my picture taken with you, Kezza. You <laughs> can kiss my ass. Um. And I'm going to take my me with me. Uh, I've got a piece of feedback from uh, Jack Bergen. Sorry, a piece of FU. Uh, you guys discuss it briefly about how the PS3 straight PS Vita combo could replicate what the Wii U will do. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, it won't only be able to do it, but do it better. Uh, it goes without saying the PS Vita will be a better piece of hardware than the new Wii U controller simply because it will have its own processing power and more features. Again, comes back to misunderstanding what the whole, this whole thing is. Because mm. it's not just about the controller, it's talking about the console, the Wii U console. Anyway, so Sony is missing a trick because they're not saying anything about it. If they played on this, they could really blow Nintendo out of the water. So it's this one game. On Vita, which I think was called Ruin, Ruin I
1: think Ruin is a dungeon crawler. Yeah. Oh, still my beating heart. It's a dungeon crawler,
0: <laughs> which you can play on PS3 and then pick up your save on the Vita. But
1: to be fair, it looks really cool. It looks alright. The, the actual game not sold on, but the the concept. Yeah. I mean, he's right in that the Vita could do the same thing as the Wii U and could do it better. Yeah. But um, you know, worth stating again that the Wii U is going to be more powerful than the Vita. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. You know, uh, and
0: also. You know, this is not one game that it can do that on. It's every game, I'm presuming.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit standard. The Vita, I mean, the thing with Vita, and I talked to. Um,
0: the, Andrew the Wii U House. I was talking about, sorry. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I talked to Andrew House, who's the head of Sony UK, e yeah. 3 and he said, basically, we're hot on this Vita thing. We think it's a good idea because we tried to do it with the PSP and no one really took advantage of it. Yeah. So this is not a direct quote, obviously. Sorry, Andy. But uh, he said that they were keen to explore that with the PS Vita, but that it's not, there's not actually a development framework set up for it. Right. It's, it's going to be difficult for developers to, to work it in, more difficult anyway than presumably for the Wii U, where okay. it will be just part of the development process. So it's all about how developers handle it. But yes, it does have the potential to definitely equal the Wii U. Yeah. I well, think, but in
4: terms developers yeah. of... can't assume... Know. Well, not, everybody, not every PS3 owner will own a Vita. That's
1: another very, very good point. So you
4: yeah. can't make a game that exclusively uses the Vita in a way that the Wii U will Mm, use its controller. Because every
1: Wii U owner has a Wii U controller. Yeah. Whereas not every... This is one of the reasons why having two controllers is a question as well because you can't make a game for two controllers when 5% of your audience has two controllers. Yeah. It's kind of like the same as making a game for Wii Motion Plus. Like, there's no point. You can't sell... To ten percent of a huge number, mm. so unless every single person who had Wii Motion Plus bought your Wii Motion Plus game, it's not worth it. And similarly, uh, if two- on a
4: similar point, if you made this, a- you know, one of these asymmetrical gameplay kind of games where you need Wii remotes as well, do you think the Wii U might ship with Wii, Wii remotes? It's
1: got to surely the Wii U's got to ship with Wii remotes. Yeah, one would assume.
0: I don't
4: know. Which again is or, a mixed message, I think.
0: Or uh, maybe some kind of you know new remake of a Wii remote. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, they're using old re-remote, remotes.
0: Yeah, but, but um,
1: yeah, you're wondering what they're shaped with, right? Yeah, mm. interesting. Well, it's all mm. stuff we're going to find out, I think, in the next year, six months to a year. Nintendo are traditionally kg.
0: Yep.
2: Uh, Grant Thomas has emailed us. Grant from Kent. Hey guys, heard this week on IGN that Robin would be in Arkham City if you pre-order the game. So I thought I would draw how I think they should make him look. <sighs> I know you guys are looking forward to Arkham City So tell me what you think And I know you guys would be honest And say it was shit if you thought I know the picture ain't that great And the colouring pens I had to use was shit But please let me know Love the podcast
0: <clears throat> So The
2: unveiling, unveiling.
3: Yep. <laughs> Wait Sorry. Doesn't it look like Stu when he holds <laughs> up <next> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> 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 Maybe that's the idea I like it. I actually think it's quite good. Uh, Stu is wearing a Robin outfit. Right? Yeah, Stu is like wearing a Robin <laughs> But I don't think Robin's ever had a beard, has he? But oh, Stu doesn't so have those
2: pectorals. No, it yes. It's a Green Lantern outfit. can you tell? I'm not that familiar with his Stu it, does though. not he's have buff. those pectorals either, let's be honest. He
0: has. He's wearing a fat suit.
2: Oh, yeah. cool.
0: So Grant, so yeah,
2: mean? I like it. I like it too. Yeah, I like it too. I think that's very good, Grant. Well done. His, his eyes look like an I'm infinity symbol. I'm trying to figure out how old Grant is.
1: <laughs> yeah, Grant. If you're ten, that's amazing.
2: His his email. If you're 43, his yeah, email, his email so does contain 1991 in in it somewhere. So, oh, so that means he's 20. 20.
1: No, 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 no. People who are born in 1991 aren't 20, are they? Yes, they are. Oh
3: no, that's terrifying. Um, I'm going to put that on the podcast story, and yeah. I might superimpose Stuart's face on it. Please do. You okay. should do. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I've got next bit of feedback. This is from Stephen. No, fu. Oh, uh, sorry, the next FU. This is from Staven Arselman, who is in... <laughs> wait, wait. Sorry. No, he's included his uh, pronunciation, because he's Dutch. Okay. Uh. So that's Staven Arselman. He says, hello. <laughs> what I find funny is that I know there isn't a single English accent whilst I'm Dutch, yet you English make it seem that there is only one Dutch accent. Then this was um, after Chris Tilley's um, Dutch impression, yeah. impression There apparently. are far more Different accents in Dutch Than there are in English Apparently So he did go Ooh. and explain it in Explaining yeah, a lot right. of that's detail That's a truism um, So But I'm not going to Read it all out But yeah, basically Thanks for letting us know Stephen Arselman
1: Evidently I sound like A Dutch person When I speak German Really Yeah
2: Go on, give us an example.
1: Anscheinend yeah. yeah. höre ich yeah. wie eine holländische Person aus, wenn ich Deutsch spreche. Very. very, sounding, yeah. Yeah.
2: very. very Is that what happens because you're Scottish and you try and speak German? Is that why?
1: No, we're better at German because we can do the ch for loch and buch and tau. no idea what you're talking about. We can do this, the ch noise for loch. Like, can you do that? For, try, try and say loch. 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 Okay, loch. you can all do it. Easy. English people are not supposed to be able to do it. You're supposed to go loch. But you can all do well, it. I can say
0: lock as well. Yeah, I don't yeah say, but if you try and say lock, oh, you're supposed it. to just go I've keys. I've locked the door. I don't do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should start doing that, though. Okay. I'm
0: going to. Um, next bit of feedback. Follow up. He, Follow IG-
1: up. Hey, IGN crew says, Ollie K, here's a question. What gives Microsoft the right at E3 to feature Modern Warfare 3 in their conference? Money. It's wait. Sorry. I've not finished. <laughs> it's not like it's single platform and what's stopping Sony from featuring it too. Regards Ollie. Well, Ollie as Alex has hinted, you've got it the wrong way round here. Um, Activision probably didn't go to Microsoft and say please please Microsoft can we show Modern Warfare 3 Microsoft will have given them a shit ton of money
0: exactly, in
1: order for them to be able to showcase it at the Xbox yeah. conference rather than Sony being able to, com- to uh, showcase it so yeah money basically Microsoft will have paid a lot of money Microsoft to... have
3: the exclusive on the DLC don't they for a few months the oh, For a few months. Yeah. A few so months, I guess yeah. it's probably tied into that so Microsoft all, all basically paid an that.
1: awful lot of money they're very good at this with third party developers yeah. they pay a lot of money and I'll they see. get people to showcase things on the 360 so that people can be forget they're even on the PS3. Did it, That's the did idea. it for
0: uh, Grand Theft Auto? They well, I it thought it was a bit of a a, a a wet start to the press conference because it was all stuff that we'd
3: seen before. <laughs> and it was underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. good. yeah, good. <laughs> I didn't actually think about it. We'd that, seen it
1: before it. but everyone watching, millions of people watching on streams hadn't seen it before.
0: No, really? I thought all that stuff had been out already. I don't, oh, To be honest,
1: I've, I've paid so little attention to the Modern Warfare yeah. 3 reveal because to be honest, I'm much more excited about Battlefield 3. Yeah. Sorry Activision
4: Right next bit of FU from Ryan Archer He said he just wanted to say he loved the E3 shows Yes But but the intro was amazing And I wish he would use that as the intro to all the podcasts
3: So give a bit of background on the intro
4: Well the intro was actually done by my mate So I'm actually starting to think that he might have set up a fraudulent email account (laughs) Yeah (laughs) So that is the sort of thing he would probably do Right He's a shameless self-publicist
3: Really? Well, I no, no. should say that because um,
4: yeah, my friend's called Blair Mauer. He's a he's a composer for film and television and, and um, podcasts. Yeah, and podcasts. Yeah,
3: now. Dad, can you give any insight how he did it? What was it? Was um, it a song? He did like a did like a Deliverance reworking. Yeah, it was taken taking... UK. But pod. did he have yeah. to figure out what the tune was and then? I think he did. Yeah. Wow. He's well got well done, Blair. He's that's... got a
4: lot. He's got a lot of really really expensive software to replicate like an orchestra sound. Right, and a right. time. But time time now he well. just uses the banjo.
3: Right.
4: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> um, and then we've got a little PS as well. He said, I, I like Dan, sad Dan, when then he stopped doing the show. Now I hate him. Boo Dan. Boo Dan. Boo Dan. Does uh, Dan
1: never do the show anymore?
4: Rarely. Oh. It was only busy. when we were in a, in the US that he, uh, he
0: did our little E3 on the road. Three podcast. and E goes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny you should say about uh, a fake email address because this is from uh, Inquisitor Ravenstein. Um, saying it was nice to hear Mr. Kilby's depressing tones back in the airwaves again. But is there any way of getting the full version of the American podcast tune? I'd certainly pay money on <laughs> iTunes for it. So. I'm sure my friend wow. would sell it to you. Yeah,
2: that is the full version, isn't it? All that is those seconds all thirty seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. of it. That's it. Yeah. Can, can we a, can, can we host it somewhere? it somewhere?
4: You could put a middle eight in. Um,
2: Good to do that. <laughs> well, why <laughs> <get laughs> do a twelve-inch remix? Yeah.
4: Why, why don't you at the end of this sweet. podcast put the full thing in there so people get it as a
2: little? I did last bonus week. Season.
0: Oh, there you go. It, but it is—it's literally sixteen seconds long, and that's it. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, that's it for my piece of feedback. And that's it, I think, isn't it? You think you've got one bit of... I have one more piece of feedback. Well, it was actually left on iTunes, uh, and left, uh, this week by Mr... Mr... <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. or Miss Deborah Jolly. Uh, and obviously I always uh, ask for feedback on iTunes, um, but she's got some bad things to say about her, so I wanted to address her complaints. So, she says, the biggest complaint about our podcast is the misinformation that we give. Um, uh the only example she gives is that um so we discussed and i can't remember if this was it must have been on the e3 podcast about how ea took a, a little swipe at activision at the ea press conference which is true but then apparently we failed to uh, reveal that future sorry we failed to review that activision will be offering most of the features ea talked about for free with call of Duty Elite. but we spoke about that in the previous podcast yeah like, i think we've been fairly upfront about you know what well, as far as we're aware what you get for free with call of duty elite and you get a basic service yeah uh and i think what we were talking about in that podcast was just the fact that EA ea's taken a swipe at activision so i don't know next bit um apparently we we mocked activision uh but that's only because they're a money-grabbing bunch of <laughs> bastards quite frankly <laughs> That's fair. um you know
1: and they killed guitar hero for which i will never forgive them and, yeah.
0: and you know what it's not activision it's the, the league, it's person. the corporate, yeah, exactly. It's corporate. That's, I just think, you know, to some extent, they're destroying, um, you know, what was fun about games, mm. um, and that's why I think, you know, we criticize them. I think they do some good games, and I have no doubt that Modern Warfare 3 will be. It's not about
1: the games, people, that's the thing. The games yeah. can be evaluated on their own merits.
0: Um, uh, her next point was, um, if one person seems to do, oh, so, the, so apparently we've got some strong voices on the podcast who tend to beat down other people. It's only Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody else is fairly kind of well-informed and uh, I don't think we tend to beat down other people's opinions. Do you, Keza? Coming I love beating pod- down people's opinions. Do you? Right? <laughs> no, not really. But I, I just think, you know, if we've got a bunch hey, we're of open to people criticism. on here. Uh, and absolutely but I uh, hopefully I'd like to address some of that. Yeah. And and give our kind of story back. So and then finally, uh this podcast is not about games, it also involves movies and comics, but you get little of that compared to gaming. But that's I would say a true reflection of what the IGN site is about. It's yes. probably yeah. seventy, seventy five percent games. With a bit of the other, because obviously we don't cover all movies, we don't cover all comics, but and we talk about if we, what we, sp- we feel is
3: interesting that week.
1: If we split up into a separate games and then movies podcast, it would be a well, logistical listen- nightmare.
3: IGN covers... PlayStation extensively in podcasts, podcasts yep. beyond you can listen to that. You yep. can listen to the Xbox achievement unlocked one if you really want to hear about Xbox. You listen to Nintendo one if you want to listen to that. You've you have got a movie to, one. You've got movie one. Uh, we've got ones done by the female editors. A new yeah. Comics one now. Comics one. Yeah. yeah. So we cover everything. So the IGN UK one is covers what we do from here. So and, and, and the, 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 the and the idea of it being and it's an important not area. Many
0: of those. <laughs> um, it's just it's a snapshot of what we feel is important to the UK games industry right now so i hope that clears up and, and deborah she's going to continue listening to podcast 100 uh and if she feels as though that uh her opinion changes then she's going to change a review so i hope that's helped address some other things so you anyway Thank thanks you, very much deborah. for your feedback and uh, yeah, as always if you do want to leave us feedback well, you can do it either through uh our kind of email address which is dot com, or on twitter uh twitter got twitter.com slash uk.
3: yeah I'll come to facebook at facebook.com forward slash team uk. Uh,
0: but of course you can leave your feedback on iTunes
3: but uh, yeah make it five stars that'd be nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that's it for this week's podcast thank you for listening as always and uh,
3: well we'll be back same time next week can we put a shout out for podcast 100 we yeah. can do That's happening in 10 weeks' time from now. Nine weeks' time. Nine weeks' time from now. After this podcast. So we're hoping to do something very special and very exciting, which will involve your support and your involvement. So if you want to pledge your allegiance to Podcast 100, then drop us an email. Uh, We may ask you to participate in something exciting. But we just really want to get the feelers out there to see what people are interested in doing. So if you have any suggestions for Podcast 100, then let us know via the usual channels. Uh, We will try and do something very exciting and very interesting. Interesting for you to take part in. But Hopefully
1: yeah. involving free stuff. Hopefully,
3: I'm sure there will
0: stuff. be free stuff, yeah. but also, yeah, more details as and when uh, we have them. So yeah, yeah keep you a listen listen out. Uh, that's it, and uh, we will see you same time next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.